Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VGW void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Welcome to the BIH show. Welcome to episode two. The Elite Series is well underway and we've got some great guests lined up for you. First up is Liam Kirk, back with the Sheffield Steelers, getting his first goals after over a thousand days. Liam tells us what it's been like in the Steelers camp and working with Aaron Fox. Chris Ellis joins us as well, the media officer for Ice Hockey UK, covering the series from the Nottingham Panthers' point of view for BBC Radio Nottingham. And also coming up, Manchester Storm forward, Kieran Long, a big year for him. Could he be included in the GB World Championship squad? Well, he's certainly making a good case for it. We'll get some thoughts from him after the first few games of the competition. I'm Craig Anderson. Enjoy the show. First up, here's Liam Kirk. Liam, thanks for joining us on the BIH show. Quite a weekend to, to start with. What are your reflections over the, the first two games of the Elite Series? Yeah, I mean, it was obviously we had uh, we had Nottingham on the Saturday and it was a, a good game for us. We, we came out on top in the end and uh, it was definitely a good one to start with. Lots of battles and um, a quick pace. And then obviously it was just a quick turnaround uh, to the game against Manchester on Sunday. Obviously with the Nottingham one been delayed by an hour and then we travelling back and forth. It was, um, you know, I think the guys were tired to start off with, and um, you know, we we came out with a. I think we played well. I think we dominated the whole game, to be honest. But um, you know, they had five scoring chances and, and scored on five of them. So I think we need to be uh, better defensively uh, and finish games. Um, you know, on the right end of the result. I was going to ask you about the, the delay on Saturday. Of course, the, the streaming issues meant that you know that obviously it caused that. How frustrating was it to be? to be in that position where you're just dying to get on the ice and get playing and, and obviously something like that's going on in the background. What was the frustration? Uh, yeah, I think we, we obviously we were understanding of it, of the situation. It wasn't expected, but uh, the tough thing is, is you know, you, you're playing off adrenaline, you've just gone out, had a warm-up and, and you're ready to go. Quick meeting and you're usually on the ice and, and all that adrenaline and, and your legs are fresh and everything. Um, 
but obviously with the delay it was just kind of we, we had no set time it was kind of like 15 minutes 30 minutes 45 okay we're going at eight uh kind of thing so you know we were never kind of had that time to prepare mentally it was like okay five minutes and we're going um and obviously we our legs have by that time have kind of uh, seized up, I guess you can say, or you know, they're not they're not firing. So I think it just took us a time to get into our stride, and uh, you know, it's just one of the things that happened. And uh, I know, um, you know, the, the the team are doing great with the production. Uh, I'm sure they've got a lot of um, you know work to be doing, and you know, stuff like that can happen. So now, as you say, it was a, a mixed weekend in terms of results. You they went on Saturday, offset by the the loss on Sunday. But for you personally. On Saturday, a couple of goals. First time you'd scored in over a thousand days since you last played for the Steelers. How nice was it to be back in Orange again? Yeah, it was good. Uh, like I said before, it's obviously something that I didn't expect to happen so soon. Um, but obviously, with the situation, it, it, certain things fell into place. And I am glad that I'm back with Sheffield for this elite series. And um, yeah, it was good. I think obviously I'm a different player uh, now to what I was a thousand days ago. Um, but uh, it was nice, obviously, to get that first couple and uh, and get off to a, a winning start on the Saturday. And you know, we we want more of uh, the the good results um, as we go on in this tournament. And of course, you had the elite series before um, the, the twelve games with Sheffield Steel Dogs, which you ultimately went on and won. And you said yourself, you're a different player from what you were before you went out to to North America. How much did the the, the Spring Cup help you coming into the the elite series now in terms of fitness, in terms of match sharpness as well? Yeah, I think I think it's obviously it's a different pace. Um, the elite series is a lot quicker, um, but you know the spring cup was huge for obviously us Brits that are aiming to play at the world championships just to get our feet going again. Um, you know the the level was you know better than what it usually is with a lot of players uh, from the elite league playing in it and GB international players as well. So um, you, know, you just get your feet going again, uh, kind of find your feet. Uh, you'll feel the feel for the puck again, and and just all the things that you need to be doing constantly. Um, and all that stuff that you miss out on when obviously the COVID situation and the time away from the game, it um it was really important for us and you know, I had a great time as well and um you know made lots of memories from it as well. So obviously it's uh, um, it was really fun to play in. I want to ask about working with Aaron Fox. He said a lot of good, positive things about you. Obviously, the, the stuff about you signing for the club um, as well prior to the, the draft. How are you enjoying working with Aaron? How is how does he compare with some of the other coaches you work with in terms of his intensity, what, what he's like in a one-on-one -on -one relationship? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I skated when Foxy first came in. Uh, I usually skate with the Steelers before I went back out to Peterborough and do a week or two of their camp. So, uh, he skated a little bit in the summer as well last year before we left, so we kind of know know of each other, and you know, it's the first time we've worked together properly. And you know, he, I, I, I'm used to his coaching style. He plays pretty similar to the one that uh, Willie played back in Peterborough, um, so I'm kind of used to it. Um, obviously, did certain things that are different, but you know, I've adapted well to them. And uh, you know, Fox is just very, very. Um, I'm not going to say lenient, but you know, he, he has a lot of trust in his players and. Um, Let's them express themselves creatively and offensively, and uh, just make sure that we, we we have the small details, um, you know, put in place as a team uh, to make sure we get results. But you know, I've really enjoyed it so far, and um, you know, I can't say anything but good things about him. 
Now, as you join us, you're joining us from your, your family home. Sheffield are the only team who are commuting to, to Nottingham for the for the games. You're, you're training in East Sheffield as well. How much are you enjoying having those home comforts as you prepare for games? Yeah, it's nice. Obviously, these pros and cons to, to being at home and not being in the hotel, obviously, with the travel and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we, we get the opportunity, like I said, to come home, uh, sleep in our own beds, uh, have cooked meals um, that are, you know, made by ourselves, etc., and, and all over little things. And we get to practice out of Ice Sheffield as well. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's nice. You, you don't feel like you're um, tra- kind of like trapped in a hotel in a sense or anything like that. You just... Um, just kind of feels like a regular season, just with a lot of away games. Now, tell us about some of the, the guys you are playing with. Obviously, there's a lot of familiar faces from your point of view. Jonathan Phillips, David Phillips, Matthew Myers has joined you on the, the Sheffield team as well. But certainly the, the Norwegian guys that have come in, you've got Adrian Danielson, who's come in, Sandra uh, Alden as well. What's it like, the, the different cultures, the different sort of nationalities all integrate? What's that been like? Yeah, you know, it's not been a problem really. You know, the elite leagues um, usually full of imports, and um, obviously it's less, which is I think it's nice to see. We get more younger Brits playing and showing uh, what they can do. But yeah, it's been fine. All the guys are great. Uh, we all get on pretty well, and uh, it's it's a good locker room to be in. So yeah, it's nothing out the the ordinary really. Um, just obviously, I think everyone's settled in pretty well. Um, obviously, it could be a tough adjustment for them guys having to. Uh, you know, find a place to play uh, this whole season. And then, uh, you know, like you said, a lot of guys coming from Norway, their, their league got cancelled um, pretty recently and they had to find a place to play. Um, obviously, yeah, it's, everyone's, like I said, fitting really well. And, um, you know, hopefully we can just, um, you know, keep getting results and, and make something special happen. And finally, before I think last spoke to you, it was prior to the, the Spring Cup starting, you were telling us about the OHL, there were still delays on, on whether that season would go ahead. What, what is happening with the, the Peter repeats? Is there going to be a season this year? Or given the, the lateness in the year where we are now, they're just going to hold back till next year? Uh, yeah, I can't, can't really say uh, for sure what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, it's looking more and more likely that there won't be a season uh, in the OHL. You know, I think just how late on it is in the year and um, like Canada's, well, I don't think Canada, but I think Ontario uh, as a province has gone back into another lockdown for four weeks. I think that started earlier on this week. So um, that's another month before they can really get back to any sort of normality. I think that's all hockey stopped from from uh, OHL level all the way down to, you know, Peewee or whatever. So, no, it's looking less and less likely and it is, it's, um, it's definitely been tough for me and Obviously, I felt like I had unfinished business there and wanted to go back and, and to be a leader and uh, prove something and obviously have more exposure um, to Arizona and, and NHL scouts. But, um, you know, it is what it is with the situation. Um, the main thing is I'm playing hockey right now uh, and it's at a pretty good level. Uh, and obviously, the Worlds will be coming up soon. So um, hopefully I can, um, you know, get a spot on that team and uh, just get some sort of hockey in this season. I was going to say that as well. Yeah, that the world's also give you that short window as well. Remind the the people at Arizona that you're you're still around and you're you're still looking for that opportunity as well. You've got to hope that's going to be the main thing now. Once you get the this elite series out of the way, that you you are picked for the world championships and and hopefully show everybody what you can do. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, I've um, been with the team the past two years, and I don't think it's a guarantee for anybody uh, that you're going to be a part of the squad. So. Um, obviously, it's nice to know this season there will be no relegation. So, um, you know, kind of say we have a bit more freedom to play 
that we don't have to worry about that relegation. But yeah, obviously this elite series, I'm sure Pete and the, and the other coaches are watching. So um, as long as playing the right way and playing well, I'm sure that um, you know I have belief in myself that uh, I'll get a spot. Um, you know, and um, go and play in the world. So I think it's all down to myself really and how I perform. So. Liam, great to have you on board the BIH show this week. All the best for the rest of the Elite Series and fingers crossed the GB as well. Thank you. Liam Kirk joining us on the BIH show, giving us the insight from the Sheffield Steelers. Our next guest is a man with quite a few hats in this interview. Chris Ellis is, of course, a well-known face in ice hockey circles in the UK. He's the media officer for Ice Hockey UK, so he can give us a GB perspective. He's also covering the Nottingham Panthers for BBC Radio Nottingham, so he gives us a bit of a Panthers perspective. And because he's a media guy, we thought we'd get a media view as well. No better than the man himself to come on and talk to us. Here's Chris Ellis. The other hats as well. Chris, thanks for joining us. On the show, the Elite Series well and truly underway. What have you made of the action so far? I think it's been brilliant, hasn't it? And and how close have the games been? There's been no real blowout so far. I guess the biggest one you could talk about was maybe Coventry beating the Nottingham Panthers, where Nottingham were just a bit sluggish in the first period and, and then, you know, only started get to get going in the second period. But, you know, we've had overtime, we've had goals in the last minute. And, and I think the quality has been good. I did think, and I did say this on, on the Panthers podcast uh, with the two dams, that I think I expected more goals than we've had. I mean, some games have been high scoring. Um, I think I expected more sort of 7-6, six, 6-5 six, games uh, while teams felt each other up. But but maybe that's not doing enough credit to the to the netminders. And there's been some, some quality netminding in this series so far. So I think it's been a great start. And you know who's you know if someone said after after what three games for some teams a couple for another who's going to win I think it's really hard it's been a great start and all four teams have shown signs of promise. So let's have the Panthers hat on for a few minutes then and look at the, the squad that they've got. As you said, one or two performances have been a bit slightly below par, but I think you can put that down to, to cobwebs and and uh, getting their feet back again. They got the victory as we record this. They got the victory last night against the Manchester Storm. Which players have stood out for you so far from what you've seen of the, the Panthers team? Yeah, it's been a little sluggish start for the Panthers. I mean, Panthers fans will, will know from last season under Tim Wallace, they had a sluggish start and then they were one of the informed teams, the most formed teams for the last three or four months of the, the season. Unfortunately for Tim Wallace, he perhaps doesn't have sort of 12, 14 games to get it right. Although, you know, each team will make the playoff semi-finals. So, you know, there'll be a lot of tinkering from, from all coaches. I mean, quite a few players have impressed me, but but I think, you know, I'm going to talk from a Great Britain perspective to, to start off with. And, and, you know, I've seen a few people talking about Liam Stenton, and he was a player who I was very excited when Panthers signed. I've seen a bit of him in the GB Junior programme. I know his head coach in Solway very well, Martin Grover, a guy I'm sure you know as well. And he was very excited. The Solway organisation was very excited when Liam Stenton signed for the Panthers. And for a guy that's only played for, for a handful of, of a team that you know well, Craig, in, in Glasgow, you know, just on you know 10 occasions, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, something like that. Yeah. I, I think Liam's done really well. And he's been paired as well. And I, I think this is interesting with another young player, Josh Tetlow, who I think is, is getting more right. Well, he is getting more ice time. And I think that's good for the Panthers because they've lapped a bit of British depth in, since the departure of well, Jonathan Weaver years ago, more recently, Stevie Lee, Danny Myers before that. So that I think they've been looking for a, a go-to British defenceman, and Tetlow's been getting more ice time, you know, as as time has has gone on. 
So I, I do think that there, I've been impressed with him and, and he's shown a lot of, uh, you know, promise and, and he'll only get better with the more ice time he gets. So from a British point of view, you know, you know, Robert Lakovic is an easy one to say, but I felt Panthers missed him in their 3-1 defeat to Coventry and you could see what he brought. He brought some great penalty killing. He's adapted as, a, as an offensive forward to one that's more defensive in his later years and, and he just works well on those defensive lines and you could see how much better Panthers were with him in his lineup on, on Tuesday. And then if I go for somebody maybe at the top end, and an easy one again, though, but, but Kevin Deming, again, another player that is, is young, I guess, in comparative terms, in the sense that this is only his, his first year as a pro. You know, he played with the Tulsa Oilers for a few games this season, but he's really looked at home. And, and you know, he's the type of player that maybe Doucette and Tim Wallace thought, well, we'll take a risk on it and see how it goes. And so far, he's doing very well so far. But, but this, you know, Panthers haven't been firing by any means on all cylinders. But from a Panthers point of view, there's, there's some good signs there. One player that's kind of stood out for me in the early games, Austin Cangelosi, again, one of the, the, the trio that, that came from Lillehammer. And we mentioned him as one of the six imports to, to watch in British ice hockey last week. I think he's made a bit of an impression as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that those high-end forwards, you know, you, you expect them to kind of perhaps hit the ground running, don't you? Because the, quite a few teams took advantage of those teams in Norway, the season in Norway that folded a bit sooner than I think they'd expected. So it wasn't just the Panthers. I think Panthers signed a couple in a row, didn't they, that, that had got that experience. And they're players that we don't normally see. And the interesting thing will be, well, you know, if players like him, you know, enjoy this mini-series, you know, and it's a shame there's not fans in, isn't there, for them to feel the real, you know, UK ice hockey experience. Uh, but there's a number of players here who, who, yes, have been playing in higher leagues and maybe their future does lie in those higher leagues. But the elite league is getting better and better and attracting some, some top quality players. So, you know, I, I'll be intrigued to see how many clubs hang on to those players that they perhaps might not have had come their way, you know, in a previous season, but the, you know, but the dice just fell right for them. But yeah, he's another one. I, I mean, you know, some of the Panthers top end imports on paper, maybe have taken a bit of time to get firing, but you're right, Craig, he has been one of the ones that has impressed. Now, Panthers had a little bit of disruption ahead of their, their game with Coventry on Sunday with the news uh, Tim Wallace had to isolate for a couple of days. Someone on his flight to the UK had, had since tested positive for COVID. And, of course, Guy Doucette had to sort of take his place on the bench. How much of a disruption and was that to the team? Did, did it, was it a big issue? I'm not sure. I mean, I've just spoken with, with Guy Doucette for, for the BBC and, and given the little you know, nudging the ribs about his losing record as Panthers coach will stand at nil one, maybe for history, um, which he smiled a little bit. I'm, I'm not sure he totally put, saw the funny side. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was tough for Guy. I mean, Guy is, you know, he should, let's be honest, we all know he should still really be a player. What a tremendous talent and, you know, and, and what a great player. And it's crazy that he, he's not playing, but he's taken this director of hockey role. You know, he's, he's a great business person with a business hat on. So he's great on the ice and, and off the ice. And I suppose, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a question I can only really answer from the outside. You perhaps have to ask, ask somebody inside that Panthers inner circle. Can't have been easy for, for them, you know, they, they, and again, I can speak for what Guy said. They had a means of communicating during the game, but really the game was so intense that most of the um, communicating was done in the breaks. Um, so it's going to be hard, you know, you know, when a head coach is thrown out of a game and maybe misses a couple of games. You know, I, I don't think it's a very easy thing. But, you you know, you had experience on that Panthers bench. Guido said 
is a very experienced hockey player. Uh, the DB goaltending coach, Ewan King, he was on that bench as well. So there's experience there. Mark Matheson, the assistant coach, the player assistant coach. So, so I think if you probably ask the players, it didn't really cause that much disruption. I just think Panthers got off to a sluggish start. They, they just weren't on it in the first period. And that may have happened with or without Tim Wallace on the bench. They just didn't find their feet. And you know what? You've got to credit Coventry because they were superb in that first period. And very often teams' fans can look at their team and say, well, they were dreadful. But you've got to give a bit, bit, of, bit of credit to Coventry because they were just buzzing. They were All their lines were all over the Panthers. And, and, and yeah, so I don't think it made a, a big change, but I think Panthers were happy to see him back behind the bench on Tuesday. Now, putting your GB hat on for a second, of course, you're the media officer for Ice Hockey UK. And I dare say Pete Russell is keeping a, a very close eye on, on what he's seen so far. How much encouragement would he have had from some of the performances he's seen from what would be some of his, his players in the squad? Well, absolutely. I mean, this, this is a tournament that has been set up for many reasons, but one of them is this is effectively part of GB's training camp, really, because if you... You know, if you think about the preparations they had for the World Championship in 2019, they went on for nearly a month. There's not going to be time to do that in terms of a camp wherever that takes place. There'll be a very much shortened camp in terms of a physical group of guys getting together. So this is part of it. And let's not forget, some of the players are getting on the ice for the first time. Some have been in Europe, some have not played, some have played in the NIHL. So, so it's been massive for, for Pete Russell and the GB coaching staff to know that ahead of a massive tournament, his players are getting on the ice. But there's, there's a lot of players putting their hand up. I mean, again, a, a one that's just by stats alone, Kieran Long, a very controversial, you know, it caused a lot of controversy when he didn't make that GB selection a few years ago when a lot of people thought he was a shoo-in uh, to make the tournament. Ironically, I think that was when he was with Manchester last, wasn't it? When he scored those stack of points. Hasn't quite worked for him in Belfast for whatever reason. Probably not had big chances on the top lines to be able to really showcase that offensive talent. But now again, once we're seeing Kieran Long with the extra ice time, he's reveling in it and he's the league's top scorer, the elite series' top scorer with four goals. He will be banging on that door really hard. Another player who you assume is a shoo-in to go, Liam Kirk. He's got three goals so far. He can drift in and out of the game. He can suddenly turn it on. But some of his snipes in this tournament so far have been really, really good. And, and that, you know, he's got three goals, so, so he's really impressing. Defensively, it will be very interesting because, you know, GB's never been blessed with dozens and dozens of, of British defensemen of great talent. You know, you probably feel their forward depth is bigger than their defensive depth. Uh, and there's a few defensemen there, I think, in this series who will be putting their hands up and, and wanting a chance. Josh Batch, you know, he's not been to a world championship for a while, but he was in the Olympic qualifiers. You know, you would think he's the type of player that would be very close to Pete Russell's thoughts. Uh, another player, Josh Tetlow for the Nottingham Panthers, getting a lot of ice time at the moment. And will he be a player? Those sorts of players, I think, will be very close to the squad. Uh, and there'll be a, a, gl a glut of four or five players who will get a chance and who will be on that plane. So do we have an idea of, of when Pete's likely to announce the squad? Will it be at the conclusion of this tournament? Is it going to be sooner? What can you tell us? Great question. I can tell you not, absolutely nothing. Um, and, and genuinely, it's because the, the plans are still being prepared. Normally by now, you would know when GB will fly into the country or what their training plans are. But such is this nature of coronavirus, 
you know, the, the fine tuning plans from the IIHF, the, the governing body of the sport, are still actually being rubber stamped. You know, when will the teams be expected to be in the country? What will the quarantine period be for, for when those teams arrive? Will they, will they be wanting quarantine in your own country beforehand? And those pieces of the jigsaw still are being put together by the IIHF, uh, IIHF and the nations. And, and they're very close to being rubber stamped. And, and I expect, you know, official confirmation of, of what will happen there. Uh, Andy Buxton and the off-eye staff have got the plans in place for the camp. Um, I mean, again, I have absolutely no uh, knowledge on this, but if I go on what's happened before, I suspect there will be a larger um, squad for the first week. There will be two weeks of camp. There'll be, there'll be a week of, of camp. Uh, there'll be a little break, I believe, then a bit more of the camp before the team flies to, to Latvia. That's the way things were shaping up. I suspect it won't be too dissimilar when all said and done to what has been happening in the past couple of years. A bigger squad for the first few days of the camp. I don't know how many that might be, 30, perhaps something like that. And then it will be cut down. And perhaps just for those few days before the team flies to Latvia, we'll see those players that, that are going to the tournament. There was some talk that squads would be allowed to be bigger than in previous years for the tournament that actually will be allowed to fly to Latvia. So there's lots of things open. But, but you know, I would say a, a week or so after the Elite Series finished, we'll probably know the names that are going to, uh, to Latvia. Okay, time to switch hats again. Let, let's talk media in general and, of course, the, the coverage that this tournament's had so far. We're doing our bit, of course, you for BBC Nottingham. I'm doing stuff for, for British ice hockey. But I've got to ask you, as a former Elite League uh, media officer like myself, how much would you have loved to have been in amongst it in this tournament? I mean, that whole month of hockey and all the stuff that goes with it, it really would have been fantastic, wouldn't it? Absolutely. I mean, practically for me these days, that, that's probably been impossible. Uh, just trying to get a media team to, to Latvia has, has been ma a massive logistic challenge. But yeah, you know, probably you like me, just, a, you know, especially it's on my doorstep as well, you know, a tinge of jealousy, you know, you know not jealousy is probably the one word, a tinge of sadness. Uh, that you know, no jealousy, you were right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, we've, we've all worked, you know, yourself as well. We've worked at tournaments. I mean, I'll talk from a GB perspective. It is the biggest privilege, the biggest honor to be in that team and media environment to live and breathe hockey for, you know, playoff weekend for three or four days, a world championship for seven to 10 days. It's just brilliant to wake up in the morning, think about hockey, have hockey all day, and then go to bed thinking about hockey you know it, it's it's brilliant you know and 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 this is this is five weeks i mean this is huge i mean a world championship is 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 long enough a couple of weeks at the top level and that was an eye-opener for me when, when i was in slovakia a few years ago this is five weeks of almost war to war hockey uh, and fair play to first of all luke fisher uh, who has a massive job who who you know yes he's doing the media but you know as well, that media role will, will have so many aspects to it. So it won't just be the media that you see. It's stuff that you don't see. It will be logistics. I know he's worked really deeply with Mike Hicks and Todd Kelman. And fair play, they are churning out the media, churning out the interviews, the webcasts. I mean, you know I'm going to speak so highly of Dave Burnham, somebody I work with at Great Britain level, the best in the business. So it's no surprise. His company have been involved in the in the webcast and, and the you know the quality, the high definition of the feed, the camera angles. And you know what, as well, I'm I'm really happy to see that basically that you know they went with the four sets of commentary teams for the home teams because these guys all deserve it. You know, I doubt any of them get any money for it. 
um, and, and they give their time and dedication. We all know what a volunteer sport that ice hockey UK, sorry, that ice hockey is in the UK. So it's really pleasing to see that, that these commentary teams, you know, because this is almost their moment. The eyes of the, the hockey world are, are on the, the UK at the moment in this tournament. Uh, and thousands more people are probably watching a webcast more than usual. So it's great that these sets of commentators from all four teams are getting their chance to, to do their work. Well, just before we go, Chris, um, we've talked about the Panthers quite a bit about how, how the first few games have started. How do you see the rest of the tournament going for them? The guys will get sharper as the weeks go on as well. Is it going to be a close one between them and, and Sheffield and other teams? Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I guess usually we'd be talking about Manchester, sorry, about Sheffield and Nottingham more likely to win a trophy than Coventry and Manchester. But you know, the way this tournament has gone, you, you can't pick that, can you? I mean, Manchester, I think, looked, looked superb so far in the tournament. It, it's a very interesting conundrum because what Nottingham did was that they lost some kind of higher-end, and I said this to Gidi Set today as well, that they lost some higher-end British international talent, didn't they? Would they have picked up perhaps Ben Lake or Mike Hammond, Matthew Myers, if they hadn't have juggled around with their draft picks to get Ben Bounds. So I think they knew they were sacrificing some real experience. So how will that affect them in the running? What their beauty is, and although they've only won one of two, we've seen signs that this combo of Ben Bounds and Jackson Whistle might work for them. Ben Bounds was good last night against Manchester and barely gave them a sniff. Whistle was exceptional against Coventry, but the players really did him no favours in front of him. So we've seen two good performances from Panthers netminders, and they know they can rotate. Let's hope they keep doing it with my GB hat on, because that'll be great for the two GB numbers one and two going forward. So down the stretch... Will that be a benefit for the Panthers? I, I guess we'll wait and see. One thing that did strike me in the opening weekend was, you know, the Panthers, the first goal from a Panthers British player was Lewis Hook on, on Tuesday night. But that probably comes back to the fact that they've, they've got a lot younger players. But that's no bad thing because it's great to see Liam Stenton, as I mentioned, getting a lot of ice time. Uh, also, someone like Josh Tetlow. Lewis Hook, a guy who kind of guessed it for the Panthers, when they played in the Champions League the first time around. And, and he had a few games with the Panthers then. And, and he's a guy that I always felt would come for the Panthers and, and never did. So, you know, while they've got the sort of uh, depth of someone like Lakovic and Betteridge, there isn't complete depth that you feel perhaps Sheffield and Manchester especially, uh, especially have. So it'll be interesting to see how the decision to sort of forego some picks in that draft works down the stretch. I mean, don't forget they've got one extra import out skater because of that bounce and, and whistle decision. So it's so hard to make a, a real assessment, but I'm just intrigued because I think we'll see a lot of bounds, a lot of whistle. And, and will that mean that by playoff time, those netminders are fresh, whereas other teams might be relying on one netminder for 80%. So it's really interesting to see. And you said that without even mentioning Brett Perlini coming back into the team as well. You, you know what? I just forgot that. And I'm glad you've given me that tee up. And, and it's one thing I said on the on the Panthers podcast with the two downs that will give Panthers the depth. And that is where, you know, will Pan the dynamics, will it change? Because you bring in a guy that scored a point a game nearly for the Panthers for three seasons. He's been great when he goes away with GB, was superb in that tournament in Hungary three years ago. But you actually pull me up on something really good there. Bringing Pellini into that lineup 
will add some real British depth, which with Panthers, no disrespect to the young players, because as Gidu said, said in an interview today, they've done great and they really have, but it would just give that extra depth and extra experience in British players that Panthers might have been lacking compared to Sheffield, who've got a real handful in Manchester. Chris Ellis, great to hear your thoughts on Panthers Media and GB. Thanks for joining us on the BIH show. Enjoy the rest of the tournament. You too. Thanks, Craig. Thanks to Chris for joining us on the BIH show. Our final guest this week is a man who has impressed in these opening games of the competition. He rejoined Manchester Storm from Belfast Giants. Would have done anyway in the regular season. So he's certainly enjoying his time back with the Storm working under Ryan Finnerty. It is, of course, Kieran Long with three goals to his name at the time of recording. Kieran is, of course, eyeing up a spot in the GB squad this year for the World Championships. Of course, he missed out for the trip to Kosice a couple of years ago. So it's a big year for Kieran. So we find out more about his start to the competition competition and whether he's got an eye on a seat on the plane. Kieran, thanks for joining us on the, the BIH show. Quite a start you've made to the Elite Series so far. Yeah, it's not been too bad. Um, boys have been finding me in some good spots and yeah, it's good to get the confidence going early. Now it's five points in three games as we record. Is there any big secret to it or just, just as you said, just being in the right place at the right time? Yeah, just being in the right place at the right time, I think. Um, I think it helped knowing Finn is kind of game plan beforehand. And up playing with a bunch of the guys already, I think, gave us a helping hand as well. So, um, yeah, just being in the right place at the right time. <laughs> and of course, being back in Manchester is obviously a good thing for you. You had a great time there before you picked up plenty of points. Coming back from Belfast, was it a no-brainer um, to get that move? Um, yeah, so it was just, I only really, once Belfast had announced that there wasn't going to be a 2021 season going ahead for them, I thought, because there was rumours of stuff going on in January as well. So I kind of wanted to make sure I had something set up in line just in case, because I knew there's, it could have been a small amount of teams and not many guys would be able to take part. So I just wanted to jump the gun and make sure I had a team ready just in case. How do you look back on your time at Belfast? I know you've said to me in the past you, you did enjoy it. It was a great experience for you. The stats, however, maybe paint a slightly different picture. Is there anything you can put your finger on as to maybe what went wrong on the ice for Belfast? Um, I'm not sure. Um, it's tough. Like, yeah, I had a great time at Belfast um, and hopefully can get something arranged for the following year um, after this series, potentially. Um, but yeah, hopefully next year I might be able to up some more numbers um but no it's um yeah it's a tough question <laughs> fair enough sorry to put you on the spot like that but of course no, right. leading into this competition you did take part in the the spring cup you were part of the the b side um which maybe yeah. the, the best of tournaments given the, the results and how things panned out but what did that do for you in terms of getting you back to some kind of sharpness yeah, no, it's a massive helping hand. Um, obviously, I got uh, an extra five weeks more than a couple of guys did. Um, obviously, like Woody and Peaks came two days on a, on a pond since last March or whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, there was a good, good group of guys over there. So, it, I know the results weren't going our way, but we, we had a good time. We knew, like, with, with the way COVID is, it was you got to take the pros with the cons and just had to appreciate being out on the ice again and being around the boys. 
And of course, it got you away from gaming as well. You did a bit of gaming last year doing lockdown, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've managed to get the old PlayStation up with me, so <laughs> I haven't got haven't got away from it. I've, to be honest, kind of need it. There's not much not much we can do here, so trying to keep yourself occupied in the old gaming PS4 is keeping me keeping me occupied through the days. Excellent. Now, talk to me about the, the first three games. You've had three games, of course. Now that we're, we're recording this, two victories and a loss. What's it been like being part of that team? I, I get the, the, the feeling the core of, of the team being full of Brits. It's been a great help to everybody involved. Oh, we've lost you. Oh, yeah, coming back, coming back. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, it's uh, it's good. Um, a lot of us have already played Finnis, so that that's obviously a big help as well. Um, and all the Brits pretty much know one another from playing against each other's kids or growing up playing together. Um, Yes, yeah, so we got we we do have a really good room. Um, first couple of games went really well for us. Went, went to plan, and then the last game was we were unfortunate. I think we did did enough to get the win. We just missed out on a, a couple of little bounces, and I think we were, yeah we just weren't opportunistic. I think in that last game, and then yeah, just took the loss at three one. I guess. But you've got those three games under your belt now, which obviously helps. And I spoke to, to Matt Haywood the other day for a, a piece I did for the, the clan website. And he he thinks that as the weeks go on, things will only get better. Everybody's sharpness will be back up to speed. And I suppose it's the same for all teams, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, as Woody said, I think the, the, the longer the list goes on, the quicker um, most of us are going. Sorry about that. That's all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the longer the list goes on, the, the more the boys are going to get better in shape um, and things will be a lot sharper um, so yeah it should be exciting leading up to these next few weeks just before playoffs Now you talk about playoffs but I think there's another reason why you, you're you keen to, to do as much as you can this competition of course the, there's the carrot of the, the world championships in Latvia coming up and it's well documented you missed out on the trip to um, Slovakia a couple of years ago Kieran how big an incentive is this for you really to get in Pete Russell's thinking? Yeah, it's a massive incentive. Um, obviously, I've said before, it's one of the biggest dreams playing hockey for your country. I don't think there's any prouder moment you could possibly get. Um, yeah, so just just try and work work as hard as I can and try to put up some numbers and show what I can do and see what happens. That's all I can do. Is it a big motivation for you, this competition? Is that the, the, the very thing that, that's driving you, this this tournament so far? Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a big help. Um, I think with COVID being around and the whole, like everyone in GB not being able to play, I know a few guys went abroad. I think it's, it's given it more of a level playing field kind of thing. Um, so I think if anything to go by, you would presume guys in form would be looked up quite highly. So hopefully I can keep my form going through this tournament and see see what happens at the end of it. Now, this tournament, I think that the biggest thing that stands out is you're playing in front of an empty arena, um, apart from the, the cutouts of various people, including Ainsley Harry, yeah. for some reason. Um, <laughs> what's it like playing in that arena where, where it's so quiet and all we can hear is, is really yourselves and, and what the coaching staff are telling you on the ice? Yeah, no, it's um, it's not actually that odd. You don't really notice it as much as you would expect. Um, the water, it's the warm-ups that get you. You don't really, there's obviously nobody about. And then you, like, I got used to it three to five weeks playing in the national series. Um, 
but that I remember stepping out on the ice for that first warm up and um just looking around and being like, are we about to play a hockey game? This is this is odd. But yeah, when, once you're out there, once pucks drop to the game, everybody's concentrating on winning that game. And yeah, it's yeah, you don't notice it as much. And that, but there's times during a game you could do with them for that extra boost as well. So like against Nottingham, it would have been nice to hear the old fans getting behind us because it, it, they are like a, a sixth man out there, to be honest. Um, and that that is one of the big things you miss about having fans at the arena. So, of course, back to the, the two victories, you, you've got them both in, let's say, quite dramatic circumstances. The Ben Lake's overtime winner on Saturday and then the, the last minute from uh, Max Fortier on the, the, the game on Sunday. How, does that show the character that this Manchester Storm he, team has in this competition? Yeah, definitely. And I think this is massive um, box for us to build on. Um we obviously we had planned to leave them late, you know, keep keep the fans excited on the edge of the seats, keep so they can keep buying these streams. <laughs> um, no, I, I would have preferred to have ended them earlier. Um, but yeah, no, I think it it's good character building. The third period against Nottingham, even though we lost, we all pushed as hard as we could, and we were unfortunate about um, not getting not getting any goals past Bouncy. So. Five points on the board already, Kieran. Have you set a target already, or is that something you like to keep to yourself, or have you just not bothered? Uh, no, I haven't even thought about it, to be honest. To just keep doing what I'm doing and just keep working as hard as I can and see what happens at the end of the day. And, of course, how much entertainment are the fans getting, do you think, from watching these games? Not just Manchester games, of course, talking about the last gas, yeah. the nature of the, the victories. Overall, I think that the tournament's been going down quite well. What, what have you made of, of what you've seen online? Yeah, no, um, I think it's it's really good. Um, obviously, with all the four teams going through the draft system, I think that was a huge help of making this a lot more competitive. Um, so, yeah, I think, it's honestly, it could be anyone's cup coming towards that playoffs. So, there'll be a lot, a lot of excitement leading up to it. Fantastic. Kieran, thank you so much for joining us on the BIH show. Best of luck for the rest of the tournament. And, fingers crossed, maybe a place for you in the, the GB squad as well. Yeah, fingers crossed. Thanks for having me. That was Kieran Long joining us on the BIH show. Great to hear from Kieran. Well, that's it for this week's edition. Big thanks to Liam Kirk, Chris Ellis and to Kieran for their time in joining us this week, bringing us the perspective from where they are. Hope you've enjoyed watching. We'll have some more great guests for you next week. Don't forget, all the latest news from the Elite Series is up on the British Ice Hockey website, britishicehockey.co.uk. We've also got a presence on social media, at Brit Ice Hockey. We've got a Facebook page. Come along and like it. And we're on Instagram as well. Get involved with the daily polls we've been having. I say daily polls, every match day poll we have on the morning of every game. Good to hear from the fans and find out how you think each game will go as well. Any questions for our guests in future editions, by all means, please get in touch. We'd love to put those to them as well. In the meantime, thank you so much for watching. This is the BIH Show. It's also available as an audio podcast, so get onto your podcast provider. Search for British Ice Hockey and it'll be right there waiting for you. In the meantime, thank you for watching. I'm Craig Anderson. We'll be back with another edition of the BIH Show next week. Stay safe. We'll talk soon. Bye for now.
Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.